we're back, baby. They try to shut the show down. They will not win. We're back with another episode. This time, we're talking Harold and Kumar, White Castle, baby. <laughs> the powers that be are trying to shut us down. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the revolution will not be televised. It'll be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify <laughs> and Uf UMFM.com. We are reviewing uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. This movie's pretty funny. Um, they just two guys, you know, smoking how they, weed. They smoke weed. Kumar's kind of the loser. Harold's kind of like the straight shooter, but he also smokes weed. Mm -hmm. And they just go to try to go to White Castle and and get like a burger. Yeah. Um, because these guys are too good for McDonald's, I guess. And you know what? I have to say, in living in the States at this time, they did, you have more options than McDonald's at 10 o'clock. Yeah, so, which we don't. Which we do not. We have A&W until 10 p.m., Wendy's, whenever they feel like being open, and then McDonald's has a, a chokehold on the nighttime food industry. Yeah. And it needs to stop today. But like, are you are pizza places open all night? Actually, uh, that's a good point. Domino's is open to like two. Like, but I can only eat so many pizzas. Like, well, because you go, it's it's not it's not good for a late night run. You just yeah. get a chicken and a you get a junior chicken and a drink. Yeah, you, know, you don't order like, oh, let me eat this whole pizza. Yeah, and you get a hold of the pizza. It takes twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. it's, How uh, many bags for Harold and Kumar? Um, I, last time I saw Harold and Kumar was when, I think I was 12, it was with Wahazi. Yeah. Shout out to Wahazi. Um, i probably give that one like a three bags. I give that one three dime bags out of five. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'll match to that six out of ten. Yeah. My favorite line from that movie, there are these two stereotypical Jewish characters. Okay, uh, I already, for, now, I already, I didn't even remember that, so I... You don't? I don't remember that. Um, and they were talking about some movie, and you were gonna see some actress naked or something, and then later Harold and Kumar, like, phoned them or whatever and asked them about it, and they're like, you know the Holocaust? And they're like, yeah, and he's like, imagine the exact opposite of it. I, I actually remember they're talking about Katie Holmes. Oh, were they? They're talking about Katie Holmes, yeah. Okay. I just remember that part. I forgot their two Cheech and Chong buddies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should review Harold and Kumar. The sequel's like, okay, and then the third one is... Uh... Is is a White Castle one uh, the one with... Um, I'm so bad with names. The gay dude from How I Met Your Mother. I think he's in. Uh, I think he's in all three. He's oh, for sure okay. in three, um, and I, he might be in one. Is, is White two. Castle one? White Castle is one. Second is Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay. I've not seen that or even heard of that. That one may be a product of his time. Yeah. Third one is Harold and Kumar save Christmas. Wholesome flick okay. and three D. Yeah, I've seen White Castle. Maybe only like three times but there's that one scene where like i forget who is pissing in the bush but then some dude comes up like right beside them and starts peeing too yeah and he's like dude i just don't want to get stabbed tonight <laughs> and like i just love that line but we're not talking about that movie well we just did and spoiler we just so double feature for today <laughs> harold and kumar go to white castle a pretty good flick watch it while you're high please don't get high don't act well I meant, like, if you're on an airplane, watch it get, then. Get high on life. Yeah. Please. And White Castle. We're talking about another Harold. 
Harold and his statutory name. rape. Harold and statutory rape. That's the episode. Okay. They were right to take this out of theaters. Well, I don't. Look, okay. It's ungodly. Uh, it's unconstitutional. I don't want to see it. It's, uh... Look. It bothers me. And anything that bothers me shouldn't be in theaters. There's so much gratu There's so much gruesome sex in movies today. Courtesy right? of these disgusting filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter... <laughs> And others, yeah, and it just sickens me. What happened to family-friendly, golden age, wholesome filmmaking like The Wizard of Oz, like The Birth of a Nation, like Forbidden Planet, which we should do an episode on because that was a good flick. I, I'm confiscating a, this. It was a good flick. No, wait, wait. It's done. It's done. Um. We uh, we don't condone any of the actions performed in this film, sexual or otherwise. But we're still reviewing the movie, damn it. And it's Harold and Maude, mm -hmm. 1971, coming at you. Boom. <laughs> Wikipedia hits you with the coming of age, dark, comedy, romance, drama. This is a big, this is a big ticket item here, folks. Let's get down to it. You know what? I said before we recorded it, I was like, this isn't a coming of age. I take that back. It actually is, now that I think of it. It is because the story follows, I guess it will give a brief yeah. synopsis, yeah. follows this kid named Harold. Uh, Luke says he looks like the grown-up version of a Chucky doll, but he's not He's not ginger, <laughs> so it only makes sense. His comparison is strange. If he dyed his hair. If he dyed his hair. He just, he means to say he has, he has vivid blue eyes. And they're far apart. And he, he lives with his widow mother, who's very doting and extremely wealthy. And Harold has a strange preoccupation with death mm -hmm. and staging fake suicides and attending funerals and such. And he's your typical wallflower until he meets at a couple of funerals. A 79-year-old woman who turns 80 next week, Maud. It's kind of like your emo um, indie fight club. Luke uh, right away was like, is this a Wes Anderson movie? <laughs> and that's probably like the best way to describe it, like a 70s quirky Wes Anderson flick. Yeah, with the most tasteful title card I've ever seen. Extremely tasteful. I won't spoil it, but just watch it. It's it's It just rolls across your eyes and into your brain. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this movie? Because I don't think we like this movie as much... We don't like the our appreciation of this film is not mutual. Yeah, uh, I w I was watching it and I I just wasn't like fully captivated by it. In part due to I think the I think Harold's acting leaves a heck of a lot to be desired. I'd like to touch on that and but continue. Um, and like you know when things are just too sweet like strawberry jam and it seemed like the little strawberry jam packets they'd give you on an air flight they seem just too good too artificial too, too artificial that's how i feel about mod's character yeah um she's just like the whimsical old lady who teaches you to love and this to me is kind of like an edgier, crappier Mrs. Robinson, or I mean the character. 
uh, and then hold the graduate. This is just like a crappier the graduate. You know, I have to say, Maude is a lot nicer than Mrs. Robinson. Uh, she was kind of rude. Yeah, she was. Um, and so, on one hand, one of the main characters I find his acting to be really crappy, and on the other hand, the other main character I find to be too artificial. Um, and the movie just has like. I, I can't describe it, but it has this look, this filmy grain look, and, like, the things that it decides to shoot, that is just, like, so stereotypical, like, it's a look, I can't describe it, like, just, like, trees and cars, I, like, I, it just look, it has a look, you watch a movie and you're like, I've seen this movie before, visually, I didn't find anything new in this movie, um, I thought I was watching, like, the 70s, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, wasn't like, I mean, there's stuff that I like about it, but like, it wasn't like, un, it didn't like hit home. And like, we just watched a grainy, uh, coming of age story the other day. Um, Days and Confused, I love that. This movie, I didn't get, I, I didn't get a lot from it. I still liked it. Um, but like, when I say crappy, I don't mean it was crap, just worse than The Graduate. Um, I, I didn't, it didn't grab me. Yeah, you know what? I can agree uh, with the idea that the film is kind of uh, overly sentimental mm -hmm. going. and in particular, you say Maude's character. And I think that's a common criticism. And I usually hate that in films because there's nothing to me than this sort of attempt to stir your emotions and it just feels so insincere. Mm -hmm. and it comes off as manipulative. Like, mm -hmm. you don't actually care about making a movie or art. You just want to you know, invoke feeling when there is none. Yeah, just like a, like a Maroon 5 song. Hey. Other than um, Songs for Jane. Yeah, Songs for Jane's pretty good. I like, you know what? Hey, they got some bangers on their on their second and third album. Was, was like Jagger, bro? Was that, was that on, uh, was it the Red Pill? Or no, what was that's, their album? that's their newest With like one. the worst cover art of all it's, time. It's all done with Snapchat filters. Yeah. They, you have to be red pill to understand what Maroon Five is going for. They're mm -hmm. doing avant-garde pop, and yeah. people are just dismissing it. You don't get it, right? You don't get it, okay? But Maroon Five <laughs> is besides the point. Although speaking of music, the soundtrack in this is done by Cat Stevens. Mm -hmm. uh, most people probably know him from that sad song about father and son, or is that Cat's Cradle? No. Cat Stevens does the father and son song, son song where it's like, don't, I'm not going to sing it. But it's in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 2 uh, soundtrack. Sing it. How can I try to explain? Dim, dim, I don't know the rest of the I lyrics. Don't, I don't know what song you're singing. Anyway, he's like a folky Paul Simon type guy. I guess he is okay. the, I guess he's like the, uh, Paul Simon counterpart. If we're gonna compare it to the graduate, I like yeah. his. Uh, I like his uh, score on this. I like his work on this. I like it too. But it was basically the same thing that we said about Days and Confused, where the songs are just used as transition, like music videos. Yeah, I I can excuse it more in this case, and maybe maybe this isn't right to say because they're like all original productions, whereas Linklater is using like. Um, in, in the case of Days of Confused, Linklater is using... Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Yeah, well, he's using these iconic rock songs, but that's just uh, such an easy, gimme way to be like, oh, listen to the song, and then next scene. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one, I think they... Cat Stevens does a good job of fitting the mood and giving scenes. 
and the atmosphere of the film with his various compositions. Off the top of my head, I can't name any because we watched the movie like an hour ago. Mm -hmm. um, but there's that one song where he talks about being free. And that's, and that's kind of... If you got to poop, take a poop. If you got to pee, pee pee, go pee pee. <laughs> um, Kirby pee pee. I like this movie. And yeah. the reason I like this movie is because, number one, I think it's it succeeds very well as a black comedy. I, yeah. I like the dark comedy in this quite a bit. Uh, relative to 2020, it's really not that dark comedically. Mm -hmm. Go read some reviews about this from the 70s. People are outraged, <laughs> apparently. Um, but this, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a very clever film. The script, I think, is, or the screenplay um, is well done. There's mm -hmm. lots of good visual gags, of course. Every time Harold kills himself, something that could have been very mm -hmm. tiring and wrote was pretty good mm -hmm. um every single time it was pretty enjoyable and it, and at the end you get that you get one more which i don't like that part i actually took me completely out of the movie it's you out of the movie Be like how did he do that unless like we are to oh. believe he like put a rock on well, the gas pedal because like if he jumped out of the car at that speed he would have tumbled off the cliff or like I, I i don't i think a small portion of it is that you have to suspend your disbelief on these elaborate gags because how did he have how did he and as we watched this with caitlin yeah and caitlin was the like fire yeah, he lights himself on fire, and then he just comes back, and you're like, "What's on fire over there?" Because you see, you never see him sneak away. So I take his super elaborate gags as part of the joke. Of course, when he flips up, when when the truck goes over at the end of the movie, spoilers, I guess. Um, and he's still there. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> and did, were there fourth wall breaks, or was I like imagining that? Uh, give me some examples. I swear there was one scene where he was talking with his mom or someone, and like he looks straight at the camera and like uh, smiles. He does do a little. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my favorite shots of the film. Is uh, throughout the film, his his very strict mother, um, of course, tries to persuade Harold to be more normal, more conservative, and she gets more conservative, and to get laid, and she runs his info. With, in a very funny scene and then another, yeah, that's that another great scene I'll yeah. touch on that later but through a computer and she gets three dates for him mm -hmm. and then each one of course he scares them off in some gruesome fashion yeah well except for the last one except and the last I was one. wondering like I thought he was gonna like fall for her or something cause like then she played along and I was like maybe he'll be into this one thing to note about this film and, and that relates to that is that it's black comedy um done well i think but it's kind of like the situ situational comedy mm -hmm. where it's like you have a punchline but that doesn't and then it's kind of like and i'll admit that there's a lot of time where there's a punchline for a black comedic scene and then it's just the next scene mm -hmm. and the effects of that scene aren't too pertinent to the narrative of the film sure. which i kind of caught on to or like like midway through the film but okay. it can be kind of jarring in the beginning and even towards the end when you see on this third date he meets this actress named Sunshine, mm -hmm. um, and of course he performs Haraki Harakiri. I thought of Sapoku. It's Sapoku. It's Sapoku. It's just another word for Sapoku. Oh, okay. In front of her, and and she continues, and she plays along as if it's a Romeo and Juliet death scene. Yeah. Um, to me, though, you can kind of look at that specific moment as her not understanding what he's going for, because while she thinks that he's doing drama for the love of theater, mm -hmm. 
it's just more with his obsession with that and his his weird twisted idea of comedy. Mm-hmm. But um, what were we talking about before that? Um, you were talking about the situational comedy. Yeah, the situational comedy can be here or there in terms of like how it plays in narrative. Like it almost and I and I we talked about this. Um, I mentioned this in the Gods Must Be Crazy. And I liken God must be crazy in some parts to airplane, not just because of the slapstick comedy, mm-hmm. but then you just kind of have like these isolated moments where it's just a very comedic setup. You have your punchline and then you move on to the next scene. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a little bit of that here. And of course, airplane is the example where the whole movie is that and there's like barely a narrative. Yeah. Where it's just a joke. Joke, next joke, scene, joke, joke, yeah. next scene. I like this film, though, because I think that and I want to touch on Harold and Maude, of course, because they're the center of the film. I did find their romance or relationship of some of whatever of whatever nature you want to call it. Um, I thought it was engaging, and honestly, I, I thought, thought the relationship part was yeah. And I like, and I know it's like a very a tried ideal, and and it's and this is a kind of a movie that wears its themes on its sleeve, mm-hmm. where you have this young man obsessed with death, and mm-hmm. he meets this woman who is a preoccupied with death and life and the cycle of being mm-hmm. she kind of to me represented like the free free love free spirit mm-hmm. hippie mentality mm-hmm. and that's contrasted well throughout the film because harold uh his mother has him consult with various authority figures like a priest mm-hmm. there's one great scene where he after disclosing his relationship to his mother we see first um his uncle, who is a general, yeah. and behind him is a picture of Nixon. Yes. And then you see his psychologist talking about his Oedipus complex, and then I think it's Freud. I, I thought I I thought it didn't look like him, but maybe it was. I remember Freud being less bearded, but I agree, whatever. I agree, but then the fact that he mentioned the yes, Oedipus com- yeah. complex was that. And then you have uh, the, uh, the pastor or the preacher or the priest. Mm-hmm. He's got a picture of the Pope. And that, to me, was a great moment to just kind of show Harold... Mm-hmm. Um, and him being pulled between like the idea to fit in, mm-hmm. to be normal, mm-hmm. to play your role in society, whereas Maud was kind of a free spirited woman, living on the outskirts of town in like a broken down train car, doing her thing. She's got so many. She's got so many great quirks in this yeah. movie. Um, she just steals random vehicles. Mm-hmm. I think this is in a world where nobody has car keys. <laughs> And I was wondering like, how and, she was. And the push to start that we have in 2020 has been done for all vehicles. Because she'll just jump in a car and get yeah. up. Maybe she's just a hot-wiring whiz. Maybe. Honestly, that kind of fits with her character. Um, she's strange. She's got a collection. She, she poses nude for ice sculptures. She's got a huffing gas that I don't even know what it was. Well, I no, I think like it was aromatherapy stuff. Aromatherapy. Yeah. She loves flowers. She um, wants to be reincarnated as a as a sunflower. As a sunflower. Yeah. I liked her. Like I liked her dialogue, and and of course, towards towards you know throughout the film, you, you kind of predict what she's going to say, but her philosophy or her mantra to me was kind of touching. And especially when you see it kind of liven up Harold throughout the course of the film. And this is a good time to talk about his performance. Because Harold in this film, throughout probably like the first half, he's kind of this very, he's this wide-eyed, very rigid character. Mm-hmm. Um, like the proto-emo character. He's a proto-emo character. He's the perks of the wallflower, the Logan Lerman in that movie, I yeah. guess. Um, and then, you know, there's a moment in the film that I thought was a good example of this. 
um, when he livens up. And it was just when he does the somersaults. And I yeah, like yeah, that yeah. moment a bit, quite a bit, because for a, for a boy as repressed and as you know rigid as he was just to do a three somersaults to him was like was like floating on a cloud mm-hmm. if we're talking about his performance i was mixed on it yeah because at first i thought this guy is looks kind of funny and i yeah. don't know if that's what they're going for but he acts in like such an like strange fashion mm-hmm. I still am deciding whether or not... I think he was well cast. And I think because... And I think to a degree... And I want to know how much of this was the Hal Ashby who directs this movie's direction. It's kind of those things where I think the actor's strong suits or weaknesses fit well with the role that he's given. Well, yeah, because like the thing is... You have Harold, who is a very quiet character compared with... Like, he doesn't have a lot to act with, whereas Maude is doing backflips and bing-bong, woohoo. Woohoo! Like, she has so much to work with. But I think, like, what he's given, he's like, I don't know. I'm just, like, finding, like, he isn't he isn't taking that many liberties to, like, add little flourishes or something. He's literally just, like, deadpan the whole movie, like... You know, just looking around. and He is, yes. Like, he doesn't even do, like, depressed well, I don't think. I, I can agree with that. And I think he's I think he's a little bit better in, like, the second half of the film. Yeah. He really gets to show, show some range yeah. and some emotion. But to me, I think that could be deliberate because he's such a lifeless character. And that's, you know, that's kind of a joke because he's obsessed with death. But also, in contrast to Maude, who is so old yet so full of life and so as his mom wants him to be um and when she sees him there's a in the beginning of the film his first prank is you see harold hang himself yeah and his mom walks in nonchalantly looks at him and pays no mind which is another great moment yeah of course uh if you haven't seen the film because then that's just kind of like a oh yeah and then like he starts to choke and then you're back in thinking like oh is this real and then you know, they're like, no, this is just all fake. Um, his mom asked him to be more vivacious mm-hmm. earlier in the film. And I mean, at the end of the film, by the end of the film, through his journey with Maude, I think that's what happened. He did become more vivacious. The whole deal with this film is basically, it is a coming of age story mm-hmm. about a young boy. And it has its eccentricities and its quirks and such. But I think, like as a package, it is a... It is a quality coming of age movie um, that maybe doesn't have anything like particularly original to say about life, but that doesn't make it nonetheless true. Here's my biggest issue with this movie. I think we were like 15 minutes into the movie. I said out loud, he's going to fall in love with Maude and then she's going to die and then he's going to be sad and learn to love life. I yes. said that, like, at the beginning of the movie. Predictable film, and especially in the beginning yeah. of the film. I guess we're in full spoilers now. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll put a spoilers thing at the beginning. I, do we even do spoilers? I don't even remember. I said, like, on our little, like, in our little bio or whatever, I think it says that there's spoilers. You know I what? Don't... We don't do spoiler tests because you should be watching these movies every week. And yeah, because we even, tell you. And that's not even a joke because you're going to enjoy this more if you can watch. You should be watching these movies. We're taking you on a cult movie journey. Here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, and I, and I know that that plot point was very predictable. But to me, and maybe, uh, and maybe this is, uh, as Luke calls it, the classic cope. <laughs> 
but it kind of plays into the the theme of cycle and life and death, the inevitability, as Maud. That's a go. As Matt, as Maud notes, in I mean, she va- states very early on. You know, she's seventy nine year old. She says eighty five. That's a little late to die. Eighty is like the perfect age. I think at that moment, that's kind of the the screenwriter director's cue to the audience that if you kind of know what's going on here you know that in a week time or two weeks time mod will be dead yeah and that was fine the issue was logically and again like this kind of ruins my suspension of of disbelief was when she you know at the end says like oh i took pills i'll be dead in a few hours i was like why would she have done that because well, she, she just, killed herself. Yeah, she just met like and not because I don't think she did that out of depression. No, she was just obsessed with the cycle. But I was like, you just met this young boy and you're falling in love and like you obviously care for him and you know that he loves you. If you kill yourself, it's going to potentially ruin his life. This, well, the thing with Maud's character is that you could say she's kind of like blissfully unaware. But Maybe, I think yeah. I think at the heart she's just so free and spirited about everything that like she just not to say she doesn't care, but she doesn't take too much stock in these little things. When they're in the ambulance after Harold calls the ambulance, when she tells her tells him that she took the tabs, mm-hmm. she says he says something to the effect that you can't kill yourself. I love you, mm-hmm. and she said that's wonderful. Now go love somebody yes. else. Yeah. And to me, that was like a very nice summation of her whole mantra here, which is my time is up. Yeah. But life is full of wonder and splendor, and it's your turn to love somebody else or to continue that. Not that I didn't like this, but do you think it was weird that they just shoehorned in that she was a Holocaust survivor? That wasn't... I, that was, yeah, and you know what? They do it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Without right, any other mention. They have a splendid day, and then they're sitting on a pier, and Harold's saying, Mata had the most wonderful day today. Yeah. And he clasps her hand, and he sees on her wrist, like, the, 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 the telltale the numbers, numbers yeah. that are tattooed on uh, concentration camp victims. It, like, when I think about it, I understand why it was done. Yeah. It, you could honestly cut that scene out, and it wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, I guess I take it that the purpose of that was just to show that Maude is somebody that has endured hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came out better on the other side somehow. It's a very, it's strange how it's glimpsed over so quickly because the shot is actually so quick that if you're not paying that much attention, like you, you blink, probably, you'll miss it. You could miss it. Yeah, like you could just be like, "What?" But um, I don't mind that as a small added piece of backstory. I think maybe um, they could have alluded to it a little bit more. Well, because she said part. vaguely earlier, like she was like a freedom fighter and. Yeah. I was like, okay, um, yeah, and I don't know. It was it that was that was almost an odd reveal, I would say. Yeah, um, and I just well, I didn't just I watched Jojo Rabbit two two times now, and a lot of people said that that movie was like artificially sweet, um, and like I love that movie, so I don't know why it wasn't like fully brought into this movie, um. But a big thing, again, was, like, the predictability of it. And, like, I say that, and then there are movies that, like, I predict what's going to happen, and I still like those, so I don't really know what it is. It's, you know what, and that's something I've noticed. And because I'm, I'm and I'm somewhat personally, and I'm kind of against the idea of the cloying sentimental film, because to me that just doesn't fly. Like, yeah. 
to to be overly to be saccharine as I say, overly sweet. Mm-hmm. But I found that uh, when it comes when it comes to that movie, when it comes to movies, um, it's really like it's really it's kind of arbitrary when it yeah. comes to what you like yeah. and what you won't. Because Harold and Maude, I was watching this movie and I thought to myself, yeah, this is a very sentimental film, mm-hmm. um, but I still enjoyed it a lot. It's really the question of does this movie speak to you yeah and it doesn't really to like, you no and like movies like this have never grabbed me like i hate it perks of being a wallflower i don't like that like, movie either but i think that movie just kind of sucks or like just like any of those sort of movies they don't really grab me that much like uh, the the fault in our stars yeah like that i think this I, is i think I, this is the this, cut above yes, this yes. those yeah um and now speaking above it, I I said before we recorded what I was going to give this movie. I'm going to change my rating a little, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't it didn't fully fully grab me. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. I repeat myself a lot on the show. Um, it's all good, bro. Yeah, but no, there were black comedy myths that I loved. Like the best part was when she's filling out this form for him, and initially she's like. Harold, do you find, like, you're uncomfortable making friends? And he doesn't say anything. She's like, I'll put that down as yes. And then as she goes through the question, she's just answering for herself. And she's like, do you think, like, marriage should be between a man and a woman? She's like, oh, definitely I do. And she, just, <laughs> and she didn't actually say that. But, like, it was, that was pretty much the vibe of the question she was answering. She may have said that, honestly, yeah. if we go back. Um, but that scene is, that's probably the peak of the dark comedy because in that scene Harold has loads a gun he loads a gun silently as his mother is asking him these questions barely looking up at him and he points the gun at her and holds it and she's not even aware and then he slowly takes it away and yeah. then he shoots himself and it's it's a fake it's a prop gun or whatever yeah but I can that was like peak morbidity but that I thought was an excellent excellent scene mm-hmm. it just kind of shows like Harold's isolation uh, with this parental figure that doesn't really care about what he wants or mm-hmm. what he thinks. Um, and I mean, you find out later in the film that you, th- and it's and it's kind of, it's not really open to interpretation, but Harold reveals that his fascination with death yeah. is because he, he was doing some, chem- you know, the classic, you know, you're in a cartoon and you're playing around with chemistry and oops, I made a neutron bomb. Oops, I mixed uh, bleach and uh, what's the other thing to make mustard gas? Uh, ammonia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oops. Oh no, I can't breathe. Uh, <laughs> so he, he starts a fire to school and he runs home and apparently he sees police officers from upstairs um, tell his mother of his death and she just falls into the police officer's arms and he says, and it's kind of it's kind of vague what he means by this, but he says, "I just realized at the moment I'd rather be dead than alive." I think it's because that was the first time he saw his mother actually care about him. Yes, and that's why going back to that part with Sunshine, where she like loved the idea and like played along with them, like why isn't he into this? I guess at that point in the film, he was he like, like he's just so into mod. I guess he's so smitten with yeah. mod um, that he that he doesn't care and. And he was, I mean, he set up that whole, he set up, every time his mom has a day, he he sets up this elaborate suicide. Mm-hmm. So he's got to follow through and, and tell this girl to hit the road. Yeah. Right. Um, but the, see, like that, that moment plays well into the scene when he's like, he kind of, even though it is a comedic scene that he shows frustration at his mother mm-hmm. and then frustration just with his own life mm-hmm. at that point. And it's just small scenes like that, pe- that are peppered throughout the film that I like quite a bit. 
I will admit there are some comedic moments, and this is the nature of all comedy films, except for Tropic Thunder, the best comedy film of all time. And and Borat for me. And Borat, the second best comedy movie of all time. And 21 Jump Street, the third yes. best comedy movie of all time. Uh, that There's some scenes that fall flat. There's some gags that go on too long. And I will say that I think the film is a bit too long. I found that towards... Yeah, like, do we need three girlfriend scenes? The three girlfriend scenes were fine because I felt there was a nice way of going act one, act two, act three kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Or, like, it's kind of more in the middle of the film. But there's, like, there's portions of the film where you think this is kind of the climax of Maude and Harold's relationship. For example, that scene where you find out that she's a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. And then if not that from then, we'd kind of have the progression of the narrative. But then you just get more scenes of the Like movie. the sex scene. The classic sex scene. There is no sex scene. Where I scene. thought it was going to end maybe there. But I, I was really set in, like, she's going to die. Yes. You know she's going to die. Um, so you add to, so one, one of the faults of the movie is that you're kind of biding time and mm -hmm. kind of waiting. Um, you could cope and say that's about that's how life is. You could cope and say that that's about... <coughs> that I won't do that today. I already did that. I already coped early in the show. Yeah. Luke set a one cope limit on me. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> I I don't know. This this film I think I think in a sense did speak to me. There's there's a sort of like I think this film at the end of the day is a celebration of life. Yeah. And that's and that's one of the things that kinda of appealed to me about the film is that it's morbid and it's a dark comedy, but you walk away from this film, I think, with a more optimistic point of view. Or I like I think um as we said last episode, um, this is an upper. Yeah. This, this isn't actually a downer, despite yeah. the subject matter. It's an upper at like the last five minutes of the movie. Well, it's an upper after the last five minutes. And then when you think about the movie in yeah. its totality, you're like, this movie's an upper. Mm -hmm. Because all's, uh, all's well as that ends well. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Yeah, like I enjoyed it too. Um, but the, number one, the big thing, for me, it was like it just had a very boring look. I, the two main characters had issues to them both, um, and the th third thing was it was just predictable. Um, and th those were my, you know, big main things. Other than that, there were like lots of great good black comedy bits. All like, I mean, the suicide gags were funny. And I just wanted to quickly mention they kind of play on this whole thing of like Harold doing it for attention earlier on, like when he drowns himself in the pool and his mom just kind of swims past him. He kind of looks to see like if she's even caring. Yeah. And I think the whole and I think honestly, the mod character actually is a bit of an Oedipus complex. Maybe yeah. not so for like. Because he loves his mom, but he just longs for a caring maternal figure. Yeah. Um, not exactly the same as Oedipus. And you know what? I don't actually mind that the movie does that. Like, no. In a, and it doesn't... Usually when you have the Oedipus complex, it's almost like, oh my god, he wants to have subconscious sex with his mom. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Harold is right to have a subconscious <laughs> desire to have sex with his mom. But this is probably the... Oedipus complex at its most optimistic mm -hmm. um, in, in, in this film. And then there are just things in this movie that, for me personally, I hate. Just, like, look quirky uh, <laughs> aspects of the movie. And that's just, like, a personal thing that How I... How many Wes Anderson movies do you like? 
I actually, I don't know. I'd have to look at the list, but I, I was like, is this a Wes Anderson? like Fantastic Mr. Fox? I haven't seen it yet, and I know that's going to be cringe, but I have not seen it yet. I remember, like, I was going to, like, when that came out, I was, like, 11. And, like, what, I'm going to go see Fantastic Mr. Fox in theaters? We we were, like, 9 or 10, because yeah. that movie came out in 2009. I remember those, as, as a, for the history of this film... I remember Fantastic Mr. Fox was all over YTV. Yeah. When I was nine, all I did was watch YTV. And I remember looking at this movie and being like, and I just assume it's just a conventional kids film. I kind of wish I had seen it when I was nine because mm-hmm. I want to know what nine-year-old me would have thought of the film. Mm-hmm. I saw it like a couple months ago. I like I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking like, why does it look this ugly? This like it looks like an, an adult movie. Yeah, I was like, this movie looks weird. And the characters move too quick. Yeah. And all the other Wes Anderson touches and mm-hmm. flourishes that make normal people and people who are right in the head kind of go, mm, maybe I'll watch something good instead. But it does have, it does. I guess it does have quirky, random elements. But I didn't mind that, especially because given that this is 1971, and um, that's probably something that hadn't been indulged as much as it has now mm-hmm. with Wes Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson and all the other Andersons in film school right now. Thinking about how to make a movie about a bird watcher or a chimney cleaner or some shit like that and their emotional struggles or whatever. Oh shit, you know what we forgot to... I'm mentioning it right now. This is an add-on for the Hearts of Darkness episode. We don't do add-ons. We do add-on because I forgot. Uh, I just want to quickly mention for that episode how funny it was that they paid uh, the people like two bucks to build the uh, Kurtz's building. Actually, I want to talk about that because we talked about a couple of films where these native people or or any uh, yeah just many workers are exploited in these older movies. Yeah, and this one um, they do it and they give they don't even care they justify it in the movie. They're like, well, you know. If, uh, you know, if you get a crew from New York, it costs like thousands and you got to do contracts and stuff, but you pay these guys a couple bucks a day, it's easy, it's easy shit. (laughs) Is it Coppola who says that? No, it was like one of the producers. He's canceled. Coppola is canceled. No. I'm I'm shutting his butt down. Okay, he's canceled. Coppola is over party. Coppola's over party. He's been over for a while. What was the last good movie he made? Well, we did that on the last episode when we looked through the list we and did. it was like piss. So like the like the the biggest after the Apocalypse now the biggest thing he did after um that is like well acclaimed would probably be The Outsiders, which is a movie you watch in middle school. <laughs> so this dude was drinking a little Wait, bit. Wait, he did that... the Outsiders? Yeah. Isn't that with one of the Estevezes? I think so. Like, like Emilio? Emilio's in it. Yeah. Uh, he was drinking a little bit of that George Lucas juice. <laughs> a little bit of that stupid juice. A little bit of that, that little fat in the neck juice. <laughs> hey, Coppola carries his fat pretty good, I have to say. He's got some yeah, good fat yeah. distribution. Yeah. George Lucas just goes straight to the neck. This dude probably can't even breathe too well. <laughs> He's just like in an iron lung, the shape of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Our uh, Wookiees, uh, let me see the new George R. Uh, Gungans, and it's going to be kind of a kid's film, but it's... We need a, a Gungan show, like the Droid and Ewok show, but a Gungan show. They could do a good Gungan show if they do a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Like you have, you don't do like a Netflix Gungan show where it's like... Yeah. You have to do, you have to do the Gungans boss baby style. Yeah. You have to do a boss baby style. Yeah. 
And that's that's the end all be all for that. But I don't think they're gonna do that. They're just gonna make a new like rebels type show. Well, the fucking Obi Wan show or whatever. Well, that one's like live action. Yeah, I'm thinking like like the more kid oriented Star Wars. I'm planning on watching the Clone Wars. I don't know what it is about it, but I can't give a shit about Rebels. It's like like there's this random kid with blue hair yeah. and and Ahsoka's there sees Vader. and Maul is there. Who cares? And who and and fuck that piss 3D Clone Wars Clone <laughs> Wars style. Stop doing that. It looks like a painting, bro. No, it's like I can I can't imagine. How disappointed Lucas was to go. Ah, Ralph McQuarrie concept art. We'll make it look like that, and then to see this finished product of these robot clay figures uh, with weird, uncanny faces and unmoving cheeks, just talking to each other. But uh, yeah, two D Clone Wars is the way to go for talking Clone Wars. Doesn't it look just like this? No, it looks it just like that. It's so like I. It doesn't. Just like it. Like, in fact, um, Jendi's composition is more like this because it's more artistic. What? Like his, like his shot composition. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more dynamic and looks more like this than the 3D Clone Wars does. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. I love this. I would love to get, like, a big print of this. That is. That's a very nice... I'm sure this, uh, the original art is, like, for billion... I'm sure George billion. has it all oh, in the vault. Yeah. Just, we just gotta wait till he uh, goes away. Till the neck gets to him. And then we can... Uh... Yeah, see, it looks just like it. Well, no. <laughs> that's... Okay, that's from r slash Star Wars. Nice try. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, there were, you know... Just to clarify, we're talking about Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude, The topic again. of the show today. <laughs> again. Um, yeah. I don't know. I said the points. You know the points. Anyways, I like this movie quite a bit. It spoke to me. It's not perfect, and I can acknowledge that. Um, I'm kind of. If we're talking about bags, I'm having a. I'm having a hard time here. You need a point bag. No, not the point bag. Do you want to go straight to bags? <sighs> yeah. Fuck it. Okay, um, come here with your bag. Seven. Seven bags. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I'm gonna give this one the four bagger. It's not quite the five bagger. Were you humming and hawing between five? I was because okay. despite the flaws of this film, I don't think it hampered my enjoyment to a to a significant degree. And okay. I think this is, I think this is a film I would ha I would definitely recommend this film, um, even if like you think you might not like it. I think you'll come away with something, and there's something to enjoy for everyone here. Uh, this is this is a this is a popcorn classic. I'm gonna get I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have a new label given to the not quite five bag films that we have on here that are four bags i'm gonna call them popcorn classics okay uh so this is popcorn classic number one i'm also gonna give popcorn classic to the holiday special and i'm also gonna give pop reanimator sorry <laughs> no reanimator was five bags. oh was it that well, was oh uh wrath of khan wrath of khan is getting a popcorn classic yeah so there there you have it <laughs> honestly you know what um the four bag, it's... Hey. I, I can't believe our second episode when we did the holiday special, you gave it three bags on our first episode. That was that was rough. <laughs> In hindsight, three bags was pretty high. Um, really high. <laughs> I have retroactively in two episodes noted that that is a one-bagger yeah. film. Um, it, it's... It's a good time. It gets, you know what? It gets a couple bags. You gotta give. 
You gotta throw a little, you know, gimme free bags mm -hmm. for the cartoon in there. Yeah. You got Boba Fett. Yeah. You got Han Solo. He looks weird. Um, you know, I gotta get this out of the way quickly every time. If you're listening to this on umfm.com, this podcast is available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And we have an Instagram where we just kind of post little tidbit or little snap reviews. Um, cop podcast, C-O-P podcast, all one word. And yeah. And I gotta say, like, to you people who listen to a lot of podcasts, but you're listening to shit like Fat Man on Batman, Critical Role, you know, you gotta support local here, okay? <laughs> you're going to the McDonald's and the Burger King of the podcast when we have Dairy Whip down the street. <laughs> so think about that. Um, this month is all Matt's picks. Uh, next month, it, or next week, is Death Race 2000. What is after that? And after that... Uh, Last week I let you pick, kind of. So kind this of, time yeah. you don't get any say. Okay. This is my movie time. Okay. Okay. Wait. So we have so Harold and Maude, and then Death Race, and then next week. Am I getting a fourth or am I getting yeah. a fifth yeah. Yeah. film? Yeah. Okay. We that's that's fine. Then I'm gonna take the movie Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Oh, that's that's based off of a comic book, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that movie when we first started the idea for the show. Yeah, so yeah. faster, faster, comma, pussycat, exclamation mark, kill, exclamation mark, kill, exclamation mark, for those uh, keeping score at home. That one's going to be a cool one. And then last episode's going to be Wait. a doozy. I'm not going to tell okay, you Okay, okay, okay. But it's going to be a cool one. Is it like a crappier movie? Because I hope no. you know next month is I'm picking just gutter movies. Cause like which ones? We like we're talking like the fucking Leprechaun. We've no. been too nice to ourselves for too long. Look, our, our our three, four, and five bagger sections are getting a bit too thick around the waist. Look, we, here's the thing with the cult movie. Yes, a lot of them are so bad it's so good. But for the most part, people want to watch enjoyable movies. Yeah. So a lot of them are, most of them are good. Yeah. Are well, like a good on a normal level, on a non-ironic level. Uh, you know what? If we're doing shitty movies next month, then we're going to do The Room. We're going to do The Room. We're not doing The Room. We're saving that for hopefully... I don't know if we can pin our hopes on this. I, I really do not know. I don't know what, if it's going to happen or not, but we'll see. We're going to save it. Has it been delayed? We're to September. We are talking about uh, we here uh, Park Theater, which we've talked about on the show, is going to have a screening of the room with Greg Sestero. Yeah, um, I think that was postponed to September something. What was it originally? It, it was supposed to already have happened. Okay, so we'll see. It's supposed to happen in May, I think. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. Then we'll kind of do a nice celebration episode. Of course, Room is the cult film. Name a more room iconic. Or the Room. The Room. Yeah. Name a more iconic cult film. Um, there actually isn't one. Like that would probably be the top. At like, it's like the most normy one now. Like on everyone and their mother has been like, "Oh hi, Mark," and they've laughed. They've lol. Hi, doggy. Yeah, everyone's done it. For me, mine was always Samurai Cop, or which we might do next month. Now that I think of it, uh, Birdemic, Shock Ugh. and Terror. Just hanging out, hanging out with my family, having ourselves a party. I love that movie. I've seen it so many times. 
Samurai Cop I did not love. That movie fucking sucks. I, I'm in pain when I think of that movie. That's the worst movie we have on the show. No, it is not. Holiday Special. Okay. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Part 2, I, I, I quite seriously barely count that as a complete <laughs> film. Because, like, there's 30 minutes of original footage, so I cannot call that yeah. a complete film. And Holiday Special doesn't count because it wasn't in... It was on TV. Well, is Atomic Cafe a film? That was in theaters, I think. Was it a was it original footage? Oh, just that's that is so not the same. Nice try though. Was it original footage? Yes or no? It wasn't. Yeah. You're right. Um. So you know, same level as a Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. I'm trying to think now. What's the best viewing order? And I know this was six months ago, but what's the best viewing order for the two movies? Do you watch Silent Night and... One and two. Do you just watch one and two? Do you watch one and then the original portions of two? Do you just watch two? What do you do? That's a good question. Do you just watch two? Do you just watch two? Because it's got like yeah. all the highlights. Yeah. Um, I guess so. You just watch two. But uh, that movie sucks. Like you gotta hear the little bully uh, sledding going... <laughs> <laughs> It's it's, uh, I I don't think that's in two, so maybe you have to watch one. It was in two. It was in two? Yeah, because I remember. I was like, oh yeah, here it comes. Punish. Punish. What were we playing? Uh, were they we were playing like... Mario Party, <laughs> and when they said finish, Luke said finish. And then he looked at me and said, punish. <laughs> Man, Mario Party sucks. Did you say Wario Party? I wish. Mario Party. Yeah, uh, not a... I can't... I like cannot, it should just be mini games. Just be mini games. I don't know. I don't know who. Like, think of if Mario Party was an actual board game. Who would like to play that board game? You said that. Like, and all you all you do is roll a dice, and move, move your piece, you get some coins, and then eventually you land on a star and you buy it. Who would like play Mario that? Party should be a fun board game and mini games, and then it's a party because then you're having double the fun. Yeah. This is like decent mini games, and then. Who cares about rolling the <laughs> dice and getting started? Bullshit! Cut that out! Yeah, it sucks. They did that. They made 25 games. How many bags from Mario Party uh, 7? That, uh... I can't give that more than two bags. Because they, it's fun to play mini games, but it's not fun to do the rest of the game. It's not a good look when you're hanging out with your buddies, and then one guy says, I'm not really having that much fun playing Mario Party anymore. And then the other two guys say... Okay, good, because I'm not having fun either. <laughs> that is the worst thing that can happen at a social event. Yeah. Is when you say, this is not that fun, and then everyone else agrees, and you know they hated it from the beginning. <laughs> so no Mario Party. Rock Band is the is the party game of the week. Uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, for a little bit of post-bag stuff, uh, movie theater is going to be opening soon. Relatively, so that'll be Empire cool. Strikes Back at the Drive-In Theater in less than a week. That is in Gimli. Uh, is it Gimli or Morden? They're all the same to me. They are all the same. Truth be told. Like, let's go head up to Flin Flon. I had a dream that um, somebody spoiled Tenet for me. Before <laughs> what I was a spoiler? I don't remember. I just... Somebody showed me a bunch of the movie and I was like... Well, I was kind of hoping to watch that in the theater. Do, do you ever have dreams that, like, predict the future? Not off the top of my head, no. I used to have them all the time. Oh. And it was so weird. 
Um, and I was watching Harold and Maude, and I said, I've seen this host before. Where have I seen this host before? And I saw that host in my dreams before. Like, the inside. The, the one scene with Sunshine, where they walk from, like, one room into the other. I was like, where have I seen these two rooms? In my dream. And I, I had this one dream that I found this Lego man in a very specific spot. And the next day I went and I looked, and this is just like, obviously me remembering it. <laughs> the Lego was, man. Yeah. I went and I, uh, it's a very specific Lego man. It was one of Joker's henchmen. He wore a purple shirt, a little black beanie and he had sunglasses. And I found him exactly where uh, there were other things like the weirdest one. I had a dream years before it happened that I was going to run into Greg um, at a Smitty's and you did with my grandparents and that happened it, 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 just like it happened in my dream we walked out of the Smitty's and then he was there and that, and that happened it was so weird speaking of uncanny predictions we haven't had any run-ins with the demon that haunts the show and kills people involved with the production lately so uh, so you know we'll see I was really thinking like uh, Martin Sheen. You know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? We didn't air a Hearts of Darkness has not aired our review yet. So Kofala or Sheen, hey, just cool it this week. Stop smoking. <laughs> eat, eat a salad. I, like, maybe the lady from that played Maude will die now because we did this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 130-year-old um, mm -hmm. Maude actress mm -hmm. is uh, still kicking today. Yeah. She doesn't look 80, and they say that in the film. She doesn't actually look 80. 80. She looks like she's like 70 at most. Yeah. She still has a little bit of vitality. You know, hey, I'm not saying I would, but... I'm not... Shit. I mean, hey, if a GJ is on the table, oh, okay. I'll take that Wait, That's where the episode ends. Um, we already did a plug. Um, next week, we're doing Death Race. You know what's missing from the missing episode now? My melee plug. Should I do that again? What melee plug? Remember, I plugged the new Slippy. Um... Are you plugging this in the show? It's not the time or the place. And then I did the Duracell ad read. Yeah. I need um, to do the Duracell a... ad read. Okay, do the Duracell. Do the read. <laughs> do the read. Just to, so we get our, our money. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, thanks to Duracell. Do you need the most trusted... Sorry. Do you need the most trusted battery in your wireless mouse? Maybe not. Maybe you can trust during your fantasy draft the computer when auto-draft a kicker in the seventh round. Maybe you can trust you won't be kept up at night because you auto-drafted a kicker in the seventh round. Maybe that for the... For the next 16 weeks, you won't be thinking about auto-drafting a kicker in the seventh round. Or... You can just trust her, so. And do you want to tell the audience about Red Lobster's Crab Fest? It's back, so. It's back, so. For a limited time, you can try new crab dishes. They have crab legs, crab meat, bodies, crab brains. They have crab down at Red Lobster. It's not red crab, but it is well, Red Lobster and the, Crab Fest. And Red Lobster is open now, so get. Get the get the uh, get your friends. You know the patio is open. There's nothing like a little bit of lobster mm -hmm. and uh, and a couple of margaritas. That melted butter. Hey, there's nothing better. So Red Lobster's uh, Crab Fest, where um, where Red Lobster make they really make you feel like Cummybot two thousand. They they really make you feel at home at Red Lobster. One point seven million common karma. 
that's that's the guy on r slash coffee pasta that's just the bot that reposts the coffee pasta in the comments because some people can't see it on mobile oh really yeah and he's his name is Cummybot thousand. I don't use. I've like pretty much stopped using Reddit entirely, not for any other reason other than I just got bored of it. <laughs> There's only so many times you can go on r slash watch people die, uh, and see some Bra Brazilian street fight and uh, in a I, gruesome fashion. Wasn't the Donald just banned? I thought it was already banned. The Donald did just get banned. I saw that, which was, um, which I thought was interesting, which is kind of like somewhat major because. That is like probably the biggest community to discuss the pre the current incumbent president on the online. Like I thought it was I I remember hearing like a year ago that it was it was banned. I don't remember. I didn't hear about that. It probably was like banned for like a day or something. But this, oh. they've been permanently banned. Yeah, like the Donald and another. I think a uh, Chapo Trap House was uh <laughs> Chapo Trap. Isn't that a liberal? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it was like far left shit. Like, I think they're all tankies or something, if you know what a tanky is. You know. It, it's just people, like, people who are, like, obsessed with, like, Stalin and Mao. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're into communism for, like, the aesthetics of it. Like, having tanks and wearing cool uniforms and shit, but not actually, like, uh, workers owning the means of production. Just, like, the fantasy of it, really. They're just, like. They're like the, the unite the right rally boys. We but... know we we all knew that guy in high school. Yeah, remember Turner? I wasn't well. I was gonna drop his name, but uh, that, yeah, that's a fake name. Well, it's not because I <laughs> remember fake name. Uh, we won't reveal his name. His <laughs> fake name is Turner. I won't. <laughs> he's a, he's an he's a he's a good guy, but he was. He was the resident commie, yeah. for lack of a better word. And you know what? In Harold and Maude, they have a funny little feel with <laughs> yeah. communism um, and American patriotism and such. We didn't even talk about the general. We didn't even talk about the great gag. The full gag. Number one, she says he was General MacArthur's right-hand man, and then we see he has no right arm. Yeah. And then he has uh, a pulley on his left on his label on his jacket label mm -hmm. and it makes his right sleeve do a salute yeah uh yeah there's stuff like that that made me like the movie so much how far are we into this review we're almost at an hour i'm gonna cut it here so thank you all for listening again your continued support your donations keep them coming it really makes a weekend go smoothly um to the one guy you know who you are who donated 10 bucks last week thank you that paid for my lunch um and that's pretty much it it, it kind of like well i didn't cover all of it but i i it was just like a couple cents out of the wallet to finish off the payment yeah but, you know they they're hiking their prices at uh mcdonald's so. so please keep those donations coming don't tell umfm about what we're doing and that'll be all. And we'll uh, we'll see you all at uh, Red Lobster, where the podcast <laughs> is back. Uh, all your favorite dishes and sides have returned. Uh, crab's back on the menu. We can get a drink special. 